0: Let us pray. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Matthew 5, verse 9 Heavenly Father, I come to you today in search of peace. My mind can become burdened by complicated relationships and conflict, but I know that you live in my heart, and you alone can give me the hope and courage to continue. I look to you today to be my patience and strength. As I walk through these challenging times, I seek solace in your grace and counsel. I trust the fruit of your Holy Spirit as my patience and self-control in the darkest moments. I trust you to inspire me toward love and forgiveness in my broken relationships. You alone are my source of inner peace and joy for every season no matter how difficult life becomes. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for praying with me today. Now discover the profound intricacies of Scripture through Pray.com's podcast, The Heartbeat of Faith with Dr. Andrew Farley. Stay tuned after this quick word from our sponsors. America's federal debt just reached $33 trillion and many economists predict the weight of this crippling debt load will soon topple the whole financial system. Concerned Americans are diversifying their assets into physical gold with the help of Birch Gold Group. If you want a physical asset held in a tax-sheltered retirement account, you should call Birch Gold too. But learn for yourself. Text the word heartbeat to 989898, and they'll send you a free info kit on gold. If you have an IRA or a 401k from a previous employer just gathering dust, Birch Gold can help you convert it into an IRA in gold. And you don't have to pay a penny out of pocket. Text HEARTBEAT to the number 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold. There's no cost or obligation, so do it now. Text HEARTBEAT to 989898.
2: The
3: cat perfect home sweet home
4: when we make conflict about us versus them it becomes a zero-sum game where there can only be one winner and one loser david's men whispered to him saying now is your chance
5: god has given saul to you on a silver platter David approached Saul quietly. Saul was dozing off, an easy target. It would be nothing for David to cut his throat and be done with the madness. David stood over Saul in the darkness of the cave for a few moments. Quietly, David drew his blade and crouched down next to Saul.
4: It takes a break in the cycle to restore what's been broken. It takes love and forgiveness. Hello, I'm Dr. Andrew Farley with today's episode of the Heartbeat of Faith podcast. Today, we are still at war, wrestling through biblical conflict and turmoil by revisiting some of the more violent biblical stories. At the end of this mini-series, I hope we all understand better how to relate with God, ourselves, and each other in a healthy, grace-filled way. Remember, peace is not the absence of conflict. It's the presence of God's love and justice in the midst of it. Last episode, we looked at mankind's eternal struggle with God. Today, we look at our struggle with one another. If you're human, no doubt you've experienced conflict with another person. Often, the people we struggle with most are the people we're closest to, interpersonal conflict is nearly unavoidable competing desires cultures and expectations can cause strife even between people who love each other where does this strife come from and how are we called to find peace in the midst of it conflict is often caused when two people's expectations compete against each other and to get what they want, they try to assert dominance over the other person. We saw this between Joab and Abner when their desires for Israel clashed, and a civil war broke out between Judah and Israel.
5: Abner rose up to meet Joab at the pool of Gibeon. The two commanders stood on opposite ends of the water with their armies behind them. Abner's brows furrowed as he looked at Joab. Abner was a decorated soldier. He was grisly and battle-hardened. He was right-hand to the king and used to governing a nation on his own. Joab was the nephew of David, younger and used to being on the run. He looked at Abner, knowing full well he was stronger and able to crush him. Yet he did not want to. Being with David for so long had taught him mercy. He saw killing as a last resort. Abner shouted to Joab, saying, ''Send twelve of your best men forward, and they shall fight between us.'' Joab paused and looked back at his men. They nodded, understanding that the unity of Israel was at stake. Joab looked back at Abner and said, ''Let them rise.'' So twelve men from each army came forth. Each team rushed into battle beside the water. They were equals, blow for blow. Each swipe of their sword was blocked and every attempt at a stab was thwarted. The twenty-four men were so evenly matched that each of them fell by each other's swords. Each man grabbed the other's head and thrust their blades into the other, causing both to fall. Abner watched as his men fell, so he sent his army after Joab's. The battle was fierce. Israel's army led by Abner was organized, tactful, and tested. Judah's army led by Joab was raw, Scrappy and trained by years in the wilderness with David, Abner and the men of Israel were succumbing to the weight of David's men. Though their armor and swords were more polished, they lacked the direction and heart that David imparted.
4: The fight between Joab and Abner escalated, leading to Abner killing Joab's brother. Thirsty for revenge, Joab retaliated by murdering Abner on the eve of a peace agreement. If left unchecked, hatred and bitterness can have a ripple effect across generations. When we make conflict about us versus them, it becomes a zero-sum game with only one winner and one loser. This can lead to betrayal and a spiral of revenge that won't stop until everyone has lost. It takes a break in the cycle to restore what's been broken. It takes love and forgiveness. We've surveyed many stories of conflict rising and being diffused with love Stories of individuals like Joseph who forgave those who wronged him and moved past disputes without further bitterness or animosity.
5: I am your brother, Joseph, whom you sold into slavery. Please, do not hate yourselves for what you have done to me. God sent me here to preserve the lives of thousands of people, Joseph said. He explained to them how God had used him to save the lives of the land and all those who dwell outside of it. So it was not you who sent me here, but God, Joseph said. Joseph found himself ranting, yet could not help himself. There was so much he wanted to share, and so much lost time he had with them. Finally, he gave them an invitation, one that would change the course of human history. God has made me lord over all of Egypt. Come down to me and dwell in this land with me. Bring your families, flocks, and herds, and I will provide for you. Joseph offered this so that his family might be saved from the coming years of famine.
4: David was a man of war, and his life was marked with continual conflict. Nations raged against David, and kings sought to kill him. However, the people he struggled with most were those closest to him. Saul, his mentor and father-in-law, sought to kill him several times and drove him out of the country to be hunted like an animal. Yet David returned Saul's animosity with mercy and forgiveness. No, David didn't waver in his convictions or allow Saul to kill him, but he found a third way. David broke the cycle of bitterness and resentment by displaying the fruit of God's Spirit. David's men whispered to him, saying,
5: Now is your chance. God has given Saul to you on a silver platter. David approached Saul quietly. Saul was dozing off, an easy target. It would be nothing for David to cut his throat and be done with the madness. David stood over Saul in the darkness of the cave for a few moments. Quietly, David drew his blade and crouched down next to Saul. He grabbed a part of his robe, raised the blade, and cut off a small sliver of his robe. Then David left quietly and did not disturb Saul any further. David walked back into the cave where his men were waiting for him. Illuminated by the fire, small tears could be seen on David's cheeks. David looked at them and said, I shall not put my hand against God's anointed. I should not have laid even a finger on him. So David persuaded his men to not harm Saul.
4: David was also pursued by his son, who wanted to usurp the throne and kill the rest of his descendants. Absalom showed David nothing but contempt, but David didn't waver in offering his son mercy, even though his advisors counseled against it. In extending mercy, David stopped the cycle of violence and revenge. Of course, no one can perfectly live out this type of mercy and forgiveness toward their enemies. And that was Jesus' point as he showed the Jews of his day the perfect standard of forgiveness and mercy that only God can achieve. Jesus exposed their hardness of heart and compared it to the true standard of God's law. Listen to the words of Jesus here.
5: Then Jesus said something that would change everything. You have heard people say, an eye for an eye. But if anyone slaps you on the cheek, you ought to turn the other cheek. Do not return evil for evil. Love your enemies. Bless those who scorn you. Everyone is good at loving those who love them in return. However, the mark of a pure heart lies within someone who is able to love the unlovable.
4: Jesus exposed the hypocrisy of those who were beating their chests and claiming they could live up to God's standard in the law. But the truth is, they were far from their goal, and under the law, no one arrives at a place of true, heartfelt mercy and forgiveness. No, the law only exposes the motives of impure hearts before God. But what about us today? Yes, forgiveness can be a challenging journey, but as a believer living under God's grace, you have a new heart that's inclined to forgive and extend grace to others. It's important to remember that forgiveness is not progressive. It's a one-time choice that you can make as an act of your will For example, you might take a moment to acknowledge the pain you experienced by saying, it hurt me when. This step allows you to identify and process your emotions caused by the hurtful event. Then, once you've acknowledged the pain, you can choose to forgive and release the person who hurt you from anything they may owe you, even if they were to repeat their hurtful actions. What do they owe you? they owe you respect, they owe you an apology, they owe you better treatment, but you can release them from what they owe you because you are now a forgiving person at the heart level. And remember, forgiveness is not a feeling, but a choice you can make as a new-hearted and forgiving individual in Christ. It's important to note that forgiveness doesn't mean forgetting, or erasing your memories. Instead, it's about canceling the debt that the person owes you, freeing yourself from bitterness and resentment. If old feelings or memories do resurface, you can thank God for the time that you chose to forgive that person and rely on that decision going forward. Embrace the truth that you have a new, forgiving nature as a result of your new heart in Christ. This new nature enables you to extend grace and forgiveness to other people, reflecting the grace and forgiveness you've received from God. Remember, you're not alone in this journey of forgiveness. Lean on the power of Christ within you and trust that He'll guide you through the process. You have the capacity to forgive and extend grace because of your new identity in Christ. Embrace this beautiful aspect of your new life in Him. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Heartbeat of Faith podcast. Follow the podcast so you can learn about the Bible in this entertaining and inspiring way. Download the Pray.com app, and for more encouragement in God's grace, visit andrewfarley.org. That's andrewfarley.org.
1: Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health.